Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Badassery. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and we're going to have a great conversation today because this lady reminds me of me. We have a guest today that exemplifies the art of living authentically, embracing motherhood, and profoundly impacting her world. Please join me in welcoming Megan Gibson, who hails from the stunning Gold Coast in Australia. Megan's journey is a testament to the power of dreams and the beauty of being badass. No wonder she's a guest on the show today, right? From a young age, she always dreamed of becoming a mother. And now she's not just a mother, but she is a remarkable mother of seven. Her love for her family radiates through her every word and her every action. But she's more than a mother. She's also an identity and alignment coach, a podcaster, and a writer. As an expert in the transformative journey of deep self-discovery, Megan's one-to-one coaching process is specially formulated to help individuals uncover their intrinsic values and their unique gifts. With grown-up children, she knows firsthand the importance of leading by example in a world well, let's say that often lacks authenticity and vulnerability. Through her captivating podcast, Free to Be You, Megan inspires women to break free from the constraints of pretending to be something that they're not, and instead empowers them to embrace their authentic selves. Her message resonates deeply with me and with all of us, encouraging us to step out of self-abandonment and into full self-expression. As a dynamic speaker, Megan shares profound insights and practical tools for unlocking personal clarity. She emphasizes the importance of aligning one's life and business with their values and vision, allowing one to take ownership to create the life of their dreams. So get your favorite drink, put on your headphones and get ready for a great conversation. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with a fellow Badass at that. badass. <laughs> no, it was so funny because I get, you know, a lot of people are reaching out to be on the podcast. And when I read your bio and checked out all of your stuff, all I could think was, oh my God, she's a younger, blonder version of me. We have so much <laughs> in common and which is, which is beautiful and lots of fun. But I'm wondering if we can go back, 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 because there's a great story in how any, well, all of us have great stories, but there's an especially good story when people have experienced a transformation. And often I find that coaches like myself have had just that. So would you mind taking us back to sort of the beginning of the foray into when you started to question if this was all there is in your life? Mm, I can certainly take you back to that moment. I think that one of the things, oh gosh, I'm trying to decide where to start You know, I have always been somebody that wanted other people to be happy. 
I've always been the kind of girl who wanted people to like her and would do anything to receive praise or uh, to just know that I was enough. And that was totally my way of being for my entire first half of my life. I was just going to jump in here because I want to say um, that I hear that a lot, but I am curious, was it when you were people pleasing, because let's call it, that's what it is. Totally what it is, spade a spade. Was it to your detriment or was it just people pleasing? Because I think there's a difference. Like sometimes we do things that, that really go against our values and are, and, and are not aligned with who we are as people or women or children or friends. And we do that to people, please. Other times we people, please, but it really doesn't, it doesn't really affect who we are. It's, it doesn't go against the grain. So I'm just curious if you, if you wouldn't mind just being, telling us a little bit more about that experience of people, please. Yeah. Well, I think that it's a bit of both, to be honest, because I'm still somebody who loves to make people happy. That is a part of who I am. What became an issue was that when things didn't go well, or when things didn't turn out, or when I didn't get that outcome, I would blame myself. And I would start to collect evidence for this story about not being enough. And I know everybody relates to that because in my work, when I talk to people about their story, like what is it they believe about themselves, there's always some version of not being enough. So I know that's going to resonate. For me, it was like, I not only collected evidence for that, I wore it like a badge of honor. And the where, where that affected me the most was in my relationships with the people that I was closest with. Because though the, the other people, that's where you're supposed to feel safest. And it became a space where I felt most unsafe because I can't really explain it in, in a tangible sense, but it's this feeling of like complete fear that everything that you've built up and made and and created is going to come tumbling down if you screw up in any way, shape or form. And it becomes exhausting after a while. Why do you- so yeah, that, that's the, that exhaustion where I started to realize if I don't change, I'm always going to be this tired. I'm always going to be giving from an empty cup. Why do you think this is so prevalent with women today? And and maybe it's just prevalent with all human beings. And it's always been that way. We've just didn't have the words to recognize it. I'm not sure. But because your story is so similar to mine and it's so similar to everyone's. And I'm like, yeah, what happened between birth and 16 or birth and 10 or birth and six where we, where we learned these, is that just the human condition? Or is it something from the timeline that we are that we've been born into in this in this time around? Well, I think again, I think it's a, a bit of both. So, like for for us as women, and especially women who, oh, like I always wanted to be a mum. Like it's all I ever wanted to do. Like I didn't just want to be a mum. I wanted to be an amazing mum, and that was like running in the background of my mind from when I was playing with Barbie dolls as a kid, as a little girl. Like I just wanted to be the best mum ever. 
not everyone has that goal. Not every woman has that goal. Some women want to be other things. It's not that I all only wanted to be that, but I definitely wanted to be that. And so we are natural nurturers. It's our feminine way. We nurture other people and not just our children, but just the people in our lives. And again, some women are more like that than others. But I am a natural nurturer and that's not a bad thing. But what it does, and when I talk about self-abandonment, I don't necessarily mean that it's always negative because sometimes we do have to put ourselves to the side to be that kind of mother that we want to be. And in order for me to, to pour that much love and energy and attention into my children and into my marriage at the time, I had to put some of the things that I wanted aside and that's totally okay. But what it does do is rob us a little bit of our sense of self or a lot actually. Our sense of self shifts in order to step into that role. And so this feeling of self-abandonment is some of it's natural and some of it's not negative. But if we don't recognize that we still need to look after us, that we still need to be able to take time out and ask for what we need, then that's going to become you know, we can become a bit of a martyr about it. We can start to, you know, show up in ways that we're not proud of and we can get needy and we can, do you know what I mean? Like we can project that out. None of this ha- can necessarily happens consciously. But over over time, we need to learn how to rewind that back and be like, hang on a second, like I'd have nothing left to give. We're giving from this empty place of, you know, nothingness. It's just, it's really, really hard to then turn around and to change that habit. And so I think that it's a bit of both. I think that it's natural, but then it can become unhealthy. And so the thing that makes it, the thing that I think changes it into being something that needs addressing is the other things that we're not aware of about us, like I said, this story about not being enough, this is not necessarily something that everyone turns to people pleasing. People do other things to try and fill that hole, but that's what I stepped into. And I, and it's because I'm that natural nurturer. And so therefore, in order to get to the bottom of it, we need to figure out what that limiting story is. Like, what's the origin of it? Like, why do we, why do I think that about myself? So that we can, it's never going to go away, but we can be aware of it and we can start to act consciously. You've said two things that I want to highlight. That I, I know. Really you were trying to jump in. I was like, I need to stop talking. Well, <laughs> no, so, okay. Two things that you said that I think are really important that, yeah. that we talk about and highlight for the listening audience. Number one, you said intention. Yeah. When we... And just, you know, I always wanted to be mom too. I have two kids and I, that's all I want. Didn't care about a marriage. I just wanted the babies. But (laughs) when we do things with intention, it's easier to recognize the boundaries. And then you came back to it when you said consciously. And I'd like to just talk about the challenge of that, because what's that saying? You know, best intent, best laid plans or the best, you know, best intentions of mice and men. I know I've got that quote wrong, so please don't, nobody send me hate mail because I misquoted. But (laughs) I think it's worth talking about this idea that on the one hand, on a good day, moms and women's worldwide have great intentions. I'm going to be loving and generous and 
present with my children or with my partner or with my life today. And then on the other hand, it can be, we forget that intention actually is, is an option and we, we yeah. are on automation and we get into the habit of just do, 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 you know, the busyness of the life that we lead. How did you, how did you reconcile the two? Because it's great to have the intention, but you still, to your point, have to be able to pull it back and, and give yourself permission in mm. that moment. For me, it was stepping into figuring out what is actually at the root of it. So like to, the step towards moving out of that way of being for me was a massive wake up call, to be honest. Like when I turned 40, yeah. I was shooting all over myself. I don't know if you've heard that before. I can't yeah. coin it because I don't know where I heard it either, but I, w I thought I should be happier. I should, thought I should be wealthier. I thought I should be thinner. I thought I should be more in love. I thought I should be all these things that I wasn't in my eyes. The funny thing is that everyone around me thought I was those things because that's the picture that I had been portraying. That's the, that's the reality that I had been showing everybody else. But on the inside, those things felt completely inauthentic to me because I didn't feel like that. But on the outside, this perfect persona. And so breaking down that was terrifying, I'm going to say. I was exhausted from holding that perfect image up but deciding to do something about the feeling that I had about it was terrifying. And it wasn't until I really started to look at what was going on there and what was driving that feeling that I was able to start undoing it. And so the things that actually helped were, like I said before, figuring out where that story originated. Like when did I decide that I wasn't good enough? It was a very, very young age, sadly, very, very young age. I found the origin of that story. I started to really understand why I felt that way. And then I was able to make a conscious choice to reframe that so that I could move past it. Like I said, it's never going anywhere, but I now know why I feel that way. So when I feel that way, I have clarity and then I'm able to make a different choice. And so there's that. The other thing is understanding the things that I value and the things that I want to have more of in my life and why I want to have those things also creates a lot of clarity. And when I say clarity, I mean a clarity of like a sense of who I actually am, not who I'd been pretending to be and not who I thought I should be for everybody else, but who I actually am. The interesting thing is too, though, some of the things that I had been pretending to be are actually who I am. That was a nice surprise. But now I got to actually step into them in an authentic way instead of, you know, like I said, I'm an, I do like to, to make people happy. That's actually a really beautiful thing about me. But now I don't have that drive that I had there before. Now I do it because I want to, not because I feel like I have to. So it's about unpacking those things that, you know, that are in the way of us showing up and having that clarity and understanding of it. I think clarity is everything. And what I heard was that you learned, first of all, it's very courageous to do that work. I've done it as well. But what I love about this work is that you're right. We're not changing the past, but we can change our relationship to the memory. Yes. But it doesn't flatten us. 
or even if you bring it out in the open and you're like, wow, that in itself has, has taken away so much of its power because you can at least identify it, have a conversation with that person or just with the memory. And truly, um, you know, success is an inside job. Gabby Bernstein, I quote her all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's so true. Whatever we want on the outside, we've got to discover it on the inside first. And what I found is that it's already there. We just don't recognize it. You know, we yeah. have so much a, a lifetime of, I should only speak when I'm spoken to, or I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I don't have a university degree, so I can't charge, you know, I can't go for that job because I don't have a degree or I can't charge X amount because I don't have, I only have one certificate behind my name instead of five and all of these stories. I also love that you refer to it as stories because I do as well. I'm curious though, when you, when the day that you stopped pretending and you made that conscious decision to stop pretending, what was one of the first things that you said to yourself? Enough. Enough? <laughs> enough is enough? Enough. I'm tired. I, said, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, I just literally wanted to just drop everything and just, I did really in a way I just kind of like paused and just said enough and to, to then turn that around and start being authentic like speaking like just start actually saying what you're feeling that's what I had to do and I was doing a lot of personal work at the time which is what kind of you know woke me up I guess and the, the hardest part is stepping over that line and deciding to, to have those breakthroughs and to have that transformation. Like you've got to have the breakdown first. And that's the hardest part because true transformation, like there's change and then there's transformation. You know, like when something changes, it just kind of like goes in a different direction. But when something transforms like a butterfly, it's no longer a caterpillar anymore. It's a butterfly now. Like it transforms into something else, but it has to go inside. And, you know, I've never used this analogy. I quite like it. It has to go inside and and have that time and that pause and that space to think and discover and, you know, and then we come out and and then we're the, you know, the transformed version, but that period of time is so difficult because you have to own a lot of things. You have to own the, to take responsibility for the things that you've created as a way, as a result of you being that way, as a result of you pretending. And that can be really difficult for people to do. It's difficult for me to do. And the other thing that happens when you then on the other side of that and you are starting to fly out in the world and be you is that it gives everyone around you permission to do the same thing. Like when you're around somebody that's authentic, you can't help but be more authentic or want to be at least. But the thing is, the people that have known you to be a certain way for a really long time, they aren't always going to like this newer version of you because it's uncomfortable for them because it was uncomfortable for you. It was uncomfortable for you to go into that cocoon and into that space and that dark place and figure all that stuff out. It's terrifying. Like I said before, 
And so people are going to do one or two things. They're either going to go on that journey with you or they're going to try and pull you back into their comfort zone. And so that was the hardest part for me was there was some painful goodbyes and some painful endings that I didn't expect. But once I'd made that choice to choose myself and to show up that way, I had to continually make that choice every day because there was always going to be something that I had to step over or there was many things I had to step over and into and through in order to get to where I am now. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. Do you think, did it get easier for you? Oh yeah, 100%. Eventually. And there's this other really interesting thing that happens when you start to continually choose yourself and speak up and say what's real and stop pretending is that if you've heard of you've heard of momentum right <laughs> the momentum that comes from that eventually it's like trying to push a car at first you know it's really hard and then after a while the car starts moving and then it's you're just effortless just keep your hand on it right it's like the momentum that comes from continuously choosing to be real is phenomenal when you get that momentum. It's like the same thing in business, the same thing in anything, right? When you finally achieve that, you don't want to give that up for anything because you know how hard it's going to be to get it again. I hope you caught the power when she explained the difference between change and transformation. Because we can, we change, we're constantly changing, but if you limit yourself to changing only, then you can change back. But if you honor yourself by stepping up into the opportunity to transform, you're transformed. You step over that line. And I just yeah. wanted to highlight that that's a really beautiful thing to, to recognize. Of course, we change all the time. Life is always changing. But when we choose to transform, that's that's like, you know, 10xing a change because you're actually a different person. Now, you're not, we're not saying that you don't have the memories, that you changed your past, but you absolutely can change your future when you trans mm. give yourself permission to sort of have a different relationship with yourself, with your memories, with your, you know, with your friends and with your family. I'm curious though. Now that it's been a few years and you have said goodbye to relationships that no longer served you, that were no longer meant to be on this path, can you, because people say this to me all the time, so I'm wondering if it happens to you, that you look back and go, I know exactly why I had you in my life. I know exactly why you were my best friend in high school. 
I know exactly why I hung with you at, you know, the PTA meetings. Are you at a point now where you can look back on those relationships and go, thank you. I know why. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's that thing, like we can't choose our parents. <laughs> we can't choose the culture that we're brought in, born into or whatever. Like those things are just, you know, they're, they're in our past and their experiences and they shape us. And every single relationship shapes us as well, even the ones that we do choose. And we can't go back and change them. Well, all we can do is recognize the value and the wisdom that we naturally gained as a result of relating to that person. And it's what we needed at the time or what we thought we needed at the time or whatever. But the art of forgiveness, and it is an art, is something that if we want to move forward in a way that's healthy and we want to have a different reality and a different result in our new relationships or in our life, in our future, then we need to learn how to forgive, not just the people who perhaps wronged us or, you know, uh, were not serving us in a way that was pleasant, <laughs> uh, but also ourselves, like learning to forgive ourselves for staying in those relationships or for choosing those relationships or those experiences or whatever. And for me, the best way to do that is to reframe, like unpack and repack those things in a way that allow you to see them differently, that allow you to see them in, for, the, for the value that they brought you. Because we are a, who we are, our sense of self is actually made up of everything we've ever been through. It's like we are the result of our choices. We are the product of the choices that we've made and the experiences we've had and the relationships. I mean, that's where we learn the most. I believe we learn the most out of relating to another human being in one way or another. And so we need to recognize the value there. But I do feel like forgiveness is a big part of it. I agree 100% on the forgiveness. What I found quite distracting in my journey was understanding how judgmental I am. And I will be the first to admit that when uh, I'm a certified mastery method coach and we came upon this, this was our module all about judgments. And I kind of stuck my nose up. I'm like, oh, I don't judge. I'm really easy. I'm a totally open. I accept. I'm really all of these, you know. And then, of course, we got into the module. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> judgmental. Like, I, oh, my God, I'm so judgmental. And I, I, to me, that was a very difficult one to wrap my head around and then to work on a regular basis. And it's, it, I, bring, I bring it up because it's all tied into forgiving, right? When we can look at somebody without judgment, there's no need to forgive because we don't have judgment attached to it. And mm -hmm. the challenge, because when I first started doing this work, I was thinking, oh, I am so judging of others, you know, naughty, bad Mahara. And then one day I went, God, I'm so judgmental of myself. Like, how do I get out of bed in the morning with all this yeah. crap that's going on in my head? So mm -hmm. if anybody listening has never thought of a life coach or coaching or think doesn't know anything about coaching, this is a great podcast for you to be listening to because both Megan and I are coaches and it sounds like we have very similar takes on what it means to do the hard work, do the deep work, but know that, know that you're amazing just the way that you are and that life has happened 
for you, not to you, even if you're in a bad spot. Even if you are listening to this podcast going, oh my God, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like I'm so lost. It's okay. You're in a good, you're, you're going to be okay. And you can, with some help, either by a life coach or counseling or whatever, there is help for you because all of us have the ability to sit hand on heart, breathe and ask ourselves some tough questions. It may not feel good, but that's okay because chances are you've already experienced a lot of things that didn't feel good. I experienced a lot in my life that didn't feel good. I just pretended it felt okay. Or I, I poo-pooed it away. Oh, it's no big deal. I got sidetracked, but really understanding how judgmental we are. And once we, once we understand that, how easy it can be to forgive ourselves, others, and to really be present in the moment. Life is different. It is completely different. So I think I digressed a bit, but I just wanted to touch on that judgment slash forgiveness piece because it has played a huge role in my world. So absolutely, let's take a breath and talk about where we're at today. So you stopped pretending around your 40th birthday. You had a come to Jesus wake up call on your life. You had some difficult conversations with yourself about why you were feeling the way that you did, which was exhausted and from pretending so much. And you made some changes. Where are you today? Yeah. Well, today my life looks completely different. <laughs> I mean, it's been four to five years of, I'm 45 now, sorry. It is five years <laughs> uh, of really getting honest with myself. And like I said before, the momentum is exciting. And so now I find myself, I'm in an, a beautiful relationship with an amazing man who got to meet me. And I love telling this story because a year ago, almost to the day, almost to the week, uh, we decided that we would be in a serious relationship together. So we'd met a couple of weeks before that. But I was at a point where I was like, I'd been dating. I'd had, you know, other uh, smaller, shorter relationships over that time. But I just got to this point where I was like, I am tired of being told I'm too much because I did get told that. For a few times I had other out of there because I was like being expressed, I was being me. I was like, I don't care, you know. I got tired of that because it was making me question myself. And I'd reached this point where I was like, I am just gonna be me. I'm just gonna say it how it is. I'm gonna show up as this too much version, whatever that means. And if I meet someone and they love that, great. And if I don't, I am gonna have a relationship with me for the rest of my life that I love. And about two weeks after making that decision, I met Luke. And the interesting thing was that he'd been on a similar journey and had been on his own for six months and just decided that he was happy that way. Now we'll both tell you that was probably not really how we wanted it to be, but we'd accepted that. And so we met each other and we were authentic and real and we had very vulnerable conversations very early on because we really just were like, this is either going to be or not be. And he got to meet me, like actually me, no holes, bars, nothing in the way. And I can't tell you how amazing it feels to be learning to relate to somebody because every new relationship has that curve, right? 
learning to relate to someone with nothing in the way. Is it always easy? No. Between us, we have seven children. He has four, I have three. <laughs> it's busy. There's always something, right? There's always something going on with one of them that we are, you know, talking about and moving through and deciding what to do and working together on. And it's beautiful because I can say what I need to say. He can say what he needs to say. And so that's where I'm at relationship-wise. Like it's incredible. And I want that for everybody because it's just the most freeing thing to be able to just get up in the morning and just show up and be loved, you know, like really loved for that. Uh, and so, yeah, like, so that's really cool. And then business, like from a business side of things or a coaching side of things, I'm so clear on what I believe works and what the process is to get to where I am now, that that is also becoming effortless in a way that I know what I want to say, like right now with you, this is not something that I'm just channeling this from the truth, right? It's nothing. There's no script. There's no, it just is. And it's freeing. And so that is exactly where I'm at. It's freed. It's freed. And I say freed with a D because it's on the other side of that work or on the other side of this choice to do the work where that true freedom is. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> you know, thank you. And guys listening, this is what it, this is all, this is what it means to be badass. It's not, and it's really interesting because my mother-in-law has said a couple of times, I don't like that word. Why would anybody <laughs> want to be badass? Cause she's an older, she's, you know, a little bit older. Well, she's 20 years older, but, and I've been explaining to her that really it, today in my world, being a badass is just exactly what you said. It is freeing. It is, it's, I, I feel so much lighter when I am myself. And when we are ourselves, that's when our energy that we're putting out, it's attracting the like energy. So when we are fearful and pretending and stayed and um, angry that's the energy that we're putting out to the world. And I fully believe that's what we bring back. And so it becomes like a catch 22. We don't know how to break out of that cycle. Typically we get to a point where we're so damn miserable. Like the day you realized that you didn't, you were too tired to pretend anymore. That mm -hmm. that's the beginning of, of our journey of transformation. But when we, every step we take closer to ourselves is a giant step closer to ourselves. So I just want to make sure I want people out there to realize that, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. You may pretend, oh my God, I'm going to take off my bra and burn it. And I'm a free woman. <laughs> beginning, right? Well, I'm just on a side note. It it's a good analogy. <laughs> it drives me crazy that I still, hot summer day in Alberta, I want to go out and walk the dog and I have to put on a bra. And I'm like, do I? Do I really? And I'm telling you, yeah. weeks ago, I had this conversation with myself in my bedroom. I don't want to wear a bra, God damn it. I'm like, well, they're just nipples. Like guys have nipples. Like, why do I still feel? So I didn't put on a bra and I walked the dogs and it was great until the one dog started to run and I had to run with the dog. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. 
That's why you wear a bra, Mahara. You're 58 years old almost. You shouldn't be running down the sidewalk chasing your golden retriever puppy without a bra on. So just a little bit of TMI in my life, but still it does get easier when we can be honest about who we are because no matter what, when you peel away all of the misunderstandings and the stories and get right down to it, you're amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. And we've done amazing things within our world. Sure, we've made mistakes, but they're only a mistake if you don't learn from it. One of the things I love about being on this journey is that I now can look at opportunities for growth versus I fucked up, right? I didn't fuck up. Yeah. I created the most amazing opportunity for growth. Let me share it with you so you don't have to go through that experience. And I can look at it with tongue in cheek and a little bit of levity, which it sounds like you've managed to do that as well. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You mentioned a book to me earlier. Are you finished writing the book? I wish I could say yes, I am, but no. <laughs> no worries. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting because for I think I've been writing it for six years. And it's this year's the year I've decided to finish it. And you know what was in the way of me finishing it? Being perfect, being getting it right. So that's what it's all about. It's about that journey. And uh, yeah, it's happening. I love your honesty. <laughs> I love your honesty. So you have got, uh, guys, I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes because of course, I want you to check her out in, you know, for yourself. But you do have a podcast that people can listen to. Um, I'm going to be your newest follower. You, Thank you. Do you offer group coaching or is it one-on-one -on -one coaching or both? Both. So yeah, I have a, a brand new community actually, depending on when this uh, show airs. But uh, just this week, I opened up a group space where I can support people stepping into that space and staying in the space of choosing themselves. So I'd love, uh, yeah, you can share that if you want. But yeah, I feel like it's important that we have people around us that are going to support us on that journey and keep us in the, the space of transformation. Because like I said before, it's so easy to step back. Yeah, um, I grew up in group coaching. I mean, not grew up, but that's that's my jam. So I understand the magic of being in a group. There, re It really is magical because on the days that you don't think you have anything to contribute, those are the days that you're going to get something exactly what you needed, right? And on the days yeah. you are just brimming with enthusiasm, that's the day that somebody else in the group really needed to, to be there and to hear you. So I love that you are starting a group program. That is brilliant. Is there anything that we don't know about you, Megan, that you'd like our listeners to know, listeners to know before we sign off? Oh, there's lots. That you can say it might actually be interesting. <laughs> You're not just something out of whatever. Well, I am actually a hairdresser by trade. I started hairdressing at 15, and that is where my love of people began. I was terrified of them at first, to be completely honest with you. I just couldn't believe some of the things that people told me willingly. Uh, but after a while, I realized no one actually knows who the heck they are. Mm. And I've worked with people closely my entire life and I've just become more and more and more fascinated with this humanness that we all have to, to deal with. <laughs> and so I just want us all to be better, better at it, you know, and uh, that's where that 
that's where that love of people started. That's probably the biggest thing I can share with you that, that we haven't said already. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I've loved chatting with you and we're, we are going to do this again. I don't know whether it's going to be on your podcast or I'm going to have you back on my podcast, but we are just totally. too aligned. We are just too aligned to not have more conversations about this. Thank you for joining in today to the Art of Badassery. I hope that you took away some nuggets that my guest shared today because there were lots of them. Check the show notes again, as I said. My name is Mahara. This has been the Art of Badassery podcast. And please do share the podcast with anybody that you think would benefit from this because Megan and I are both determined to make a difference in the world. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.